Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm so excited today to introduce my guest, Salome Trombach, who is a leadership coach based in Copenhagen, Denmark. And her role is to elevate and empower leaders and entrepreneurs to own their authenticity and kick ass in the world with more confidence and courage to lead with impact. She guides clients on a powerful journey of self-awareness. She asks the tough and sometimes uncomfortable questions to help leaders reflect and build their self-awareness. She supports you in transforming, transforming and strengthening your mindset. She challenges you to step out of your comfort zone and take inspired action, and she'll keep you accountable for your desired actions and goals. And as a leadership coach, I will tell you of all of those, the most significant behavior that you can get engaged in with a leadership coach is accountability, somebody to hold you accountable for what you want to do, how you want to get there, and when you want to get there. So I'm so excited to welcome Salome today. Hello, Salome. Hi, Ed. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. It is wonderful having you, and I did a light introduction of you, and I'm just believing that our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about what you do and how you interact with the world. I think that you did a really wonderful introduction. Thank you so much. I uh, Yes, yeah, so my name is Arume, and I am based in Copenhagen in Denmark, which is uh, in the cold Nordics <laughs> in Europe. I um, am a personal development and leadership coach, and I specifically work with uh, leaders and founders who want to bring more of themselves to their work because sometimes uh, they struggle with being authentic, being congruent and confident in their role and ways of leading. So I help them reconnect to themselves, to what's important to them, to gain deeper self-awareness and really to step into their power so that they can be more courageous, which is obviously really relevant for the podcast today, Um, so they can leave with positive impact and create success for themselves, their teams, and their businesses. And also, um, because I come from a very international background, having worked in many different countries and with people located all over the world, 
working virtually and in hybrid settings is my normal. So I also use this expertise to coach leaders in hybrid workplaces uh, where I support them in navigating the challenges of leading teams that are spread across the office and diverse external locations. And that I can say is very relevant and in demand nowadays in, um, yeah, in this corona pandemic and what that has meant for companies worldwide in adapting to a new normal. Well, I would love to talk about hybrid leadership and hybrid management in a moment. But first, I'm just curious about your choice of the word leadership as a leadership coach versus something like executive coach. So many people in our industry and others who are not in our industry may not know this, but so many of our colleagues refer to themselves as executive coaches. And you know, why do you use and why do you call yourself a leadership coach? Well, um, leadership coach and not only executive coach, because I work with leaders that are on different journeys and that are on different leadership journeys. Leadership to me is a little bit more broad in the sense that a lot more people can uh, reflect with that and can feel uh, that this is who they are. So I work both with um, with founders, obviously, and they are on one particular leadership journey, but also uh, people that are, you know, middle managers that are working in teams um, that aren't at the top of the hierarchy, which often is what we associate with the word executive. So it is, it can be somebody that that's really young um, and somebody that, you know, is in the middle of their career and somebody that's much more senior in their roles. But leadership to me is, is very... Um, an empowering word, and I really like to use that uh, instead of using executive. Well, I think most people, when they are younger, think of themselves with a desire to grow up to be a great leader, mm-hmm. not necessarily to grow up to be a great executive. I mean, getting a key <laughs> yeah. to the uh, getting a key to the private restroom or getting your own parking space may be nice, but it's not necessarily what you know people want to be when they grow up. I think, regardless of their level in an organization. I think they want to reflect back and feel that they were a great leader. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, you know, we often talk about leadership as something that doesn't always necessarily involve a title or even having a team. There's a lot of talks about the fact that, you know, anybody can be a leader. And so I have also coached clients who were in the process of becoming leaders or who wanted to go down that route. And so that becomes a little bit more accessible to them. Um, in comparison to, yeah, potentially an executive coach. And I'd love to talk for a couple of minutes, Salome, if we can, about this hybrid perspective that you've added into your practice. Certainly the pandemic was unplanned for and unexpected. So every leader across the globe has been trying to navigate through the challenges that the pandemic continues to present because there continue to be new variations and new rules and everything seems to change on a daily basis. So before I ask a couple of questions. I'm wondering if you could maybe describe to us and talk to us a little bit about what this type of work you are doing looks like for your clients. Absolutely. Well, um, so this is something that I do in partnership with uh, an awesome guy here in uh, Denmark, where we offer workshops and trainings to uh, companies and corporations who want to really support their leaders better, who become aware of the challenges that they face. Um, And we have also developed a coaching program. So after we deliver workshops and trainings, we then offer a coaching program and a process so that people feel individually supported 
in them bettering their leadership and becoming more aware of how they're leading in these, you know, more challenging times. So I would imagine many of our listeners might be thinking, it's hard enough to do what we need to do in person. It feels even harder or more complex to do it virtually, right? To not be there with the person, but be connecting virtually. Is that something that you have heard from your clients or experience as you do this work? Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, there's a lot of insecurities that come up. Um, Already being a leader is a tough job. I think nobody can take that away from anyone. There's a lot of things that you need to consider. And so it's not because what we do has changed. It's how we do it. And um, we have to really change our mindsets around what that means to be a hybrid leader. And there are certain skill sets that we have to start focusing on and that we need to develop in order to be able to succeed in um, in both navigating uh, virtual uh, meetings, uh, virtual leadership, but also having to balance between having people that are in a physical space and having people in your team that are at home or in a different location. Well, I would love to talk if we can just for a few minutes, and maybe this will be kind of a thought conversation about the role of bravery for virtual leadership. Uh, When we look at things that you need to do, things that you need to say to somebody to help them with respect and professionalism, you know, do you include conflict navigation or hard conversations or things of that nature in your training? And, you know, if you do, you know, what might be one or two observations or lessons that you might have for people to talk about how to do this effectively from a hybrid relationship? Absolutely. I mean, these are things that we cannot (laughs) run away from. Um, One of the key pillars in hybrid leadership, one of them being self-awareness, of course, as a leader and how you're leading and how you can come across as a leader. Um, But another part is exactly what you're mentioning. It's really around psychological safety. So it's around being able to create safe spaces for your team when they're both, you know, in the physical office, but also um, virtually and having to manage that so that you create trust so that people you both know that you can trust the employees that that you have, but also that people can trust you as a leader and as a manager. And a part of that is really to also be able to navigate uh, tough conversations. There are a lot of things that are more difficult to manage when it is uh, virtual or where you have maybe one team member that you have to talk to online and the other team member is in the physical office. And so we guide people to make sure that those conversations are dealt with in the exact same way um, in the sense that we need to make sure that we uh, focus on inclusion. That is often a problem in hybrid leadership is that we tend to be more comfortable with the people that are in the office. And so our conversations are different and the way we include those team members are different. Whereas the people that are more far away and that we have to connect with virtually get a different experience. And so we teach people and guide them in, in prioritizing uh, the people that are, uh, you know, virtual and making sure that they feel just as included as anyone else. And I don't want to take what you're saying too literally. So are you suggesting for our listeners that if you have to have a tough conversation or looking to navigate a conflict with somebody uh, that you're experiencing in the workplace, that you need to ensure that the experience is the same as or as similar as if you were sitting across from each other at a table? 
Yeah. So what I mean by that is, you know, let's take really a, an example and make it really concrete here. If you're going to have a conversation with somebody uh, in the office, you know, physically, um, you will already create, you know, in some ways, potentially a safe space just by being there, giving yourself time before and after the meeting. Um, you're physically present. And that, that makes a huge impact in the way that you can interact with somebody. And you might even include, you know, some small talk in the beginning because that's often what you do. And so virtually, those same things apply. It may come, it may be, you know, different, but you have to make sure that, for example, you dedicate enough time. So you don't have, you know, meetings back to back. You prioritize it and you prioritize being able to show that you care about your employee as well in that conversation. So you set aside enough time to create that safe space. So it's really about uh, being able to utilize, um, being able to, to, to become comfortable really in virtual settings so that it isn't too foreign and it isn't uncomfortable. And it's 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 not that difficult to do, and it's um, something that you know certain tools as well will, will will make things more more comfortable. And it's always, for example, about ensuring that you know you have your camera on. Simple things like that that to some uh, maybe doesn't come as natural. I come personally from the startup space as well in Copenhagen. A lot of startups and scale ups, they're kind of they live with this. Like to them, it's very normal. But for bigger corporations who have been used to having uh, employees physically in the office, the change is drastic to all of a sudden having to manage people, um, yeah, both virtually and physically. Well, I would also imagine that it is important to set expectations with the person that you're going to be speaking with. Uh, if you're going to be candid about something that they need to know that would be helpful for them, or if uh, you know there's a conflict that you're navigating or observing that they may be having with somebody else. So would you suggest to our listeners that if they are doing this virtually, that they're very transparent as to what the topic of the meeting is and not surprising the person necessarily as part of the conversation? I mean, I think to be honest, Ed, I think that applies to everything. Um, transparency is key, whether it's virtual or whether it's physical. There is nothing worse, and I've experienced this myself, than showing up at a meeting and having no preparation for it and then being thrown into a situation where you you could have prepared a little bit or you could have become you could have been a little bit more aware of what the conversation was going to be about and feel therefore a bit more comfortable. So I think it is only fair to, especially when you're going to go into a tough conversation, to just be able to say, you know, there are certain things that I would love to chat with you about. And it involves this situation and that situation. Um, and, and, you know, just being really honest. I mean, nobody wants this honesty, uh, you know, honesty and transparency. So important. Absolutely. Great point, Salome, in respect to the sameness you were talking about earlier, which is ensuring that how we operate with a colleague should be exactly the same, whether we're doing it virtually or in person, that we're very transparent as to what the topic may be. You might even tell them in advance so they have some time to think about it, uh, you know, whatever it might be, but ensuring that you don't create any differences in how you approach it based on the fact that you're not in the same room and talking virtually versus being together in a conference room. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, one of the key things about leadership to always remember as well is that um, once when you're leading team members, you have conversations with them along the way about 
how it is they like to be managed, what their personal styles are. And so, of course, as a leader, you adapt to that. So you know your employees, you know your team members. And so based on that, you become a bit smarter around, you know, how do they like to receive feedback, for example. So once you learn that, you use those same strategies uh, virtually or physically in the office. So, of course, we treat everybody equally, but people sometimes prefer to be told things in a particular way. And the more we get to know our team members, the more we can really make them and ourselves feel a lot more comfortable in those situations. Well, you've mentioned some key words today that I want to echo uh, having to do with things like self-awareness. You mentioned earlier and the importance of being self-aware. Psychological safety is a topic that has come up often on our podcast and the efforts that a leader must make in order to ensure that they are stating, role modeling, acknowledging and rewarding psychological safety and people saying what needs to be said or doing what needs to be done without fear of being judged or belittled. And then the last is relationship building, ensuring that you have a good relationship with people you work with. You don't have to be best friends, but you need to have a good, healthy relationship. So if you have to share something with them that uh, may sound critical or is designed to be helpful in respects to how they can operate a little bit differently to be more effective, it's not an issue, right? Because you have a strong, effective relationship with that person. Absolutely. And I think that the, you, you become so much better at that as a leader when you really focus on yourself as well. So this aspect of self-awareness that I mentioned and that you mentioned, and it really comes down to, you know, um, not just the internal self-awareness, but the external self-awareness. So invite conversations, be curious about your own blind spots, like be open, be present, be engaging, care about others, but also put yourself in question, you know, ask questions. How um, is how I'm doing, you know, uh, working? What is my impact? Ask Ask others, how are they perceiving you as a leader? These kind of things, because you will automatically put yourself out of your comfort zone and that will make you so much more comfortable with time to then deal with certain conversations and people will trust you more because you have put yourself in question as well. You've you've opened up for conversation and I think that that's really powerful to do. I think it's incredibly powerful. And as a leadership coach on my end, I tell people all the time when they ask me what I do for a living is that I tell them I help people build their self-awareness so they can self-manage more effectively. People who are very self-aware know the things that they're really good at naturally, know things that they need help with naturally, and maybe hire people to help them do that. People who have low self-awareness are very hard to work for because mm -hmm. they, they don't know or understand how others experience them. And this is a key component, Salome, I believe, to being brave at work is that you have to have high self-awareness on how others experience you because if you are going to say something that needs to be said or do something that needs to be done with a boss or a colleague, a subordinate, you have to know how they experience you so that you can go into that conversation uh, purposefully and with a sense of presence and effectiveness. Absolutely. And I love what you said. Exactly. You know, how do you manage yourself? I mean, how do you manage yourself? How can you expect to manage others if you're not even aware of yourself and able to manage yourself, your behaviors, your reactions, your emotions, all of that, super important, yes. And it's, of course, difficult. And it's not something that just comes super easily, but it's something that takes work. And I think just acknowledging that and acknowledging that we're not perfect and that that's okay is also really empowering for ourselves when we do that work and when we invite others to do it with us.
So I'd love to close, Salome, with just a question, which is for our listeners who may be communicating more virtually today than they ever have been in their career. Maybe they're leading a team virtually. Uh, they may be a peer. They may be a subordinate, you know, regardless of what their level might be. You know, what's one thing that you might suggest that they think about or consider to be braver at work, especially virtually? Yeah, especially virtually. Um, I think, you know, don't wait for people to come to you. So if you are leading, really take action. So go to people, start conversations, ask people what, you know, like be really honest. This is a different setting that we're working in. How are you feeling? What's going on with your work? How would you like me to support you better? Really just start the conversations. That's really the first thing that you should be doing and that you could do. Well, I love ending with that observation, Salome, because uh, I think both of us also help clients move from ideas to action. When I think about the challenges that most of my clients face, it's not taking action or taking action way later than you should have. Ideas are easy to get. You can Google any <laughs> idea today and get thousands of hits on how to be a better communicator, how to be braver, how to navigate conflict, you know, whatever it might be, how to delegate. Uh, but creating action items and then doing them, and that's why I love the description I read earlier of you in respect to accountability, is a key factor in ensuring that you make the type of progress that you need to make. Absolutely. Yes, I think it's a perfect, perfect way to end and hope, hopefully super empowering for all of the listeners today. Well, we hope folks take action in respect to things that they need to do differently today than they have done in the past. So Salome, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your ideas and observations, especially about hybrid relationships that people may have in the workplace. What's a good way that folks can reach you if they'd love to know more about your business uh, in the marketplace? Yes. Well, I would say two two ways. So my LinkedIn, absolutely, and my website. So you can find it on Salome, which is my name, S-A-L-O-M-E, and my last name, Trombach, T-R-A-M-B-A-C-H.com. And the same on LinkedIn. Great ways to get in touch with me. I'd love to just start conversations. And Ed, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to uh, conversate with you today. I could probably go on for hours, uh, but we'll have to take that offline. I tell almost all of my guests, we could probably talk for two hours, not just uh, 20 minutes. But thank you, Salome, for your time today. It was great speaking with you. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and our download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.